0: naked shamanism welcome to with insights radio i'm your host iggy garcia i will take you on a journey across the universe through shamanism metaphysical and holistic so sit back and relax and enjoy the show everybody welcome to with insights radio this is iggy garcia iggy garcia live i want to welcome everybody to the show tonight uh i hope you got about a good hour to sit here with me and with my guest we're going to have tanya the, the herbalist she's going to be with us and she's going to be sharing her story with us and so let me make sure i get all my get all my there we go So we're going to start off here with our with a little ceremony before the show starts here. We're going to kind of bring in the Ancestor energy, kind of give thanks to everything and everyone who came before us. It's kind of we start every show this way, so. A hey, lot of candle here. Like to our ancestors giving thanks to those who came before us who trailblazed the path for us in order for us to be where we're at there's a lot of work that was made to get us to this point in time and to be the warriors that we are and to be the peacemakers that we are and to follow our path follow our dreams we give thanks to our ancestors my mom and my dad and my grandma grandpa and those who are up there wherever they are in the west door sitting together Amen. Of course, move a little sage, just to kind of move the the energy here a little bit, kind of get myself grounded, get everything going. Very good. Feels good so welcome to my show i'm glad that you uh, took some time to be able to be here with us so we're going to go right into it guys we're going to share we're going to talk we're going to bring a tanya on here and she's going to talk to us a little bit about her life her story where she started how she started and just kind of uh, i'm always interested when my guests come on the show to share a little backstory who they are what got them on this path for healing because this is a healing path this is a very sacred path that you do so this is not just um random thing, nine to five. This is something that you're very committed to, something that's very deep in your heart and your soul. So I'm going to give you the floor and just kind of share a, a little bit about, it, about yourself to us here.
1: Thank you, Iggy. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm known as to the herbalist and <clears throat> essentially I got into the, you know, plant medicine, you know, realm when it came to trying to help my mom. When it came to, and don't mind the echo, you guys, I'm kind of hiding out in the basement right now Mm -hmm. for my son, but um it came to my mom who nearly succumbed to the pharma industry. She was had a very rare disease and condition, and she was on a lot of medication. And she was pretty much bedridden and lost all sense of coherency. She couldn't have a conversation with her anymore. Um, pretty much she was left to die. And uh, I get my strength and my willpower and my stubbornness and my resilience. I get that all from her. So when you see someone in that position at such a young age, you know, take such a downturn and almost be, you know, bedridden, I couldn't accept that. And Mm -hmm. that spiraled me downhill as well. Um, And I had a total breakdown. I had a total breakdown, which I later realized was, you know, an awakening because Mm -hmm. it was through that breakdown that I started to, just you know, took some time off work, went by nature, tried to ground myself and meditate and, and find myself and find out what I had to do. And then that's when I kind of had that aha moment and uh, said that there must be another way. And I guess spending so much time in nature, had nature speak to me and tell me that there's healing in plants. And so I started by just buying my first book on uh, medicinal herbs. And um, essentially, my mom said, use me as your guinea pig. And that's what we did. And the more I learned about it, the more I was obsessed with learning about it to see how much healing you know, power is actually in these plants. And so I did that with my mom. And now though she still has her sickness, she's off of her narcotics, which the doctor said she would never be. Um, she's still in pain, but she's coherent. She can have conversations. She laughs again. She, you know, goes out, she's, she's living again. And awesome that was the first really you know ultimate moment where i realized that for me pharma wasn't the way to go and obviously having struggles of my own with anxiety and all these different things where they were trying to shove medication on me and things like that. I used this natural healing for myself as well, and was able to overcome, you know, the anxiety and the stress and, you know, endometriosis and some other things that I was dealing with too. So mm-hmm. that's how my journey started. And then you kind of just, you know, the rest became history where the more I learned, the more I wanted to share that knowledge with everybody else.
0: That's awesome. And you're also a coach too. I noticed on your website that you coach people how to do actually... You coached me a little bit when I got your material and just to learn. And so it's, it's you never stop learning, you know?
1: That, that's exactly it. So I do coach from a number of different things, everything from, you know, getting you on your holistic journey, how to overcome anxiety, um, so many different things, empowerment, really, you know, how to find your confidence, how to find that clarity, how to find your purpose. A lot of, mm-hmm. that's one of the questions I get asked so often is like, how did you find your purpose? And many don't recognize that it takes, you know, as soon as you're asking that there's different ways that you could do that to figure it out. And, and then once you kind of find that purpose, how to hold yourself accountable, how to set these goals. Cause same thing, a lot of people ask, well, how do you find the time? You know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you have a child, mm-hmm. you, you have a business, like all these different things. And you find the time, even if it's 15 minutes a day, one day, you know, things like that. So I coach along how to create that life that they want to have, and then finding the strength and the confidence to actually be who they're meant to be without the outside noise.
0: Yeah, I believe there's a lot of messages out there that are kind of and pushed aside. I think a lot of people would would like to do what we, we and I, you and I do. We, I mean, different platforms, of course. But I know there's a lot of people chomping. going, oh, I want to learn how to do that. I'm t- I don't have the confidence. And right, you know, when I started, I just did it. I just jumped on. It. Wrong or right, it didn't matter. I just started. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes that's all it takes—just a little push, a little nudge.
1: And sometimes just people have to be kind of handheld. And that's where I noticed the coaching is because I get asked that often. And you, I could tell someone a word of advice, but a lot of people when it comes to coaching is you need that step-by-step process. So when I work with someone for three months, for example, that's my most popular program is you work together for three months. Well, I'm like, you know, holding your hand, walking you through the whole process so that I could work with you on that progress and, you know, give you worksheets and templates and all these different Mm -hmm. things so that you're able to hold yourself accountable and work through that. Because when you're consistently doing that for three months, you definitely build enough momentum to create that life that you want and to keep consistent at it moving forward.
0: Awesome. You know, I have a question for you about codependency in uh, herbalist medicine or plant medicine and stuff or, or interdependency. Um, you can attack whichever one you want first. I'm kind of curious because there's a, in shamanism, we have a lot of uh, ayahuasca ceremonies and stuff, and some people start to microdose after they do the ayahuasca and do journey. And the spiritual aspect is to find yourself in that journey. So do you ever run into those situations when, with with uh, the work you do?
1: That's not necessarily something that I tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone heals differently. I would say that when it comes to plant medicine, it's a compliment. It's not a, just a one, you know, a, a fix. So like a, a, one-time fix all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, plant medicine isn't the, it's, it's a holistic approach, right? When I say I'm a, right. you know, a holistic coach and empowerment coach, it's, it's a whole, if you have anxiety, for example, which is the biggest thing that I coach on because I myself suffered with it for so long. It's not just herbs that are gonna help it. However, there's herbs that help support the nervous system for Mm -hmm. long-term relief of building resilience when the stressful things happen. But it's also your practices, spiritual practices are so important. Whatever that spiritual practice is, for me it's faith, for me it's God, but whatever that is, that's a huge thing too, because a lot of the times the anxiety is because you're lacking faith in a spiritual fulfillment, um, as well as, you know, how are you eating? How are you sleeping? How's your connection with other people? How is your connection with life? And all of those kind of come into the holistic approach of of healing yourself. And I, myself, it takes a big, uh, you know, step for myself from where I grew up with having a very, you know, toxic, you know, family, not really toxic, but my parents, for example, had a very toxic relationship and you learn those habits. So then you Mm -hmm. make those same toxic choices. And then, you know, you, you grew up in an area, for example, myself, that wasn't the most ideal. So you learned a lot of bad behaviors and you just kind of carried that with you into your future. So it's through these holistic approaches that you're able to conquer that and overcome it, recognizing that it all made you who you are now but it's not a one thing is going to fix everything. It, it's a multitude of things. So like I said, spirituality, what you're ingesting and digesting, um, what you're thinking, who you're seeing, what you're talking to, who you're choosing to be around true. all of these different things. They such an important role in your healing journey.
0: Yeah. I find that to be true too. Cause I know sometimes people just want a quick fix. They want an answer. They want something they can just spray in their mouth and that's it. That's the thing
1: I get asked often where people are like, okay, I need something for just this. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I can recommend you an herb for sure, but I'm sure there's a little bit more than that, but not just that. There's some herbs that can help things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you've got, you know, bloating or things like that, eczema, there's just some herbs that can help that, but there's also long-term fixes and you know, it's not a pill. You're not going to take it. And after your first cup of tea or your first capsule, you're going to feel better. These are things that over, you know, as low as two weeks up until three months or later, do you really start to get the long-term effects? The same way I usually say it took months or sometimes years for that ailment or that condition to show up. The same way, if you want it to actually be done naturally, it's going to take time to, you know, overcome that and get to that point, but longer lasting results.
0: Right. Even like with the work I do, sometimes people come in they just like, you know, they don't expect, they don't know what to expect. And sometimes they're just like, Phew. you open up this door where they, they've never seen before. And it's, Sometimes it's the last place, it's the last hope too. And I'm sure you run into people where, the, you know, this is the final place that they, they've they gone everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, there's some places in the world where it's the, you know, plant medicine is the first place that they go to. But mm-hmm. in the Western world where I am, um, it, it is unfortunately the last resource. So I do get a lot of people coming to me because they have tried everything. They have seen all the doctors, they've taken all the pills, they've done surgeries and removed body parts and all these yeah. different things. And then they're saying, it's not working. I need something more. And I'll say it again, most of the ailments that happen with us is because our bodies are out of balance, whether it's it's all mind, body, and soul, it's Mm -hmm. all connected. And you can't just fix one without fixing the others.
0: And then, you know, plus the the culture we live in and the societies we live in and the things that we created, these these caves and these these templates and these this world that we're now, it's just in rampant chaos because we're nine to five, go to work, eat, sick, blah, blah, blah. You never just go, 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 go. And we've kind of forgotten the old ways, the old ways, you know, like you said, first medicine was plant medicine and, you know, plant medicine is all around us. If you, if you, if you look and you know, but a lot of people don't have the time or don't take the time. So I'm right now we're in a situation where we're going through a lot of change, very rapidly, very quickly, very fast. And people are just, um, want a quick fix again. They want the answer, uh, ingested to them, given to them. And I see a lot of problems with that. Right. There's a lot of problems with that. And the future it could be really uncomfortable.
1: Well, I, if people understood where the conventional medical system even came from, they would start to go down the rabbit hole and recognize who's behind it. When you Mm -hmm. see who's behind it and the money that's behind it, you start to recognize that, you know, the pharma industry is a trillion dollar industry. You can't patent what comes from nature, which makes sense. Why, you know, something, for example, for one of my sleep blends that I take, it's called valerian. Valerian is a very powerful herb for the nervous system. It's almost considered like a, a sedative because you can drink it and almost want to fall asleep within the hour. And that's the active ingredient in something like Valium. So you would think, why not, you know, tell everybody about Valium and, and give them a chance to try Valium because so many people, I mean, Valerian instead mm-hmm. of Valium. Right. But you cannot make money off of that. And if you can't make money off of that, well, they've got to find another way. So let's create it into a pill. You yes. know, let's manufacture it that way in a lab. And now we can patent it. And now we can make our money off of it.
0: It's just the reverse engineering of something that's in nature.
1: Right. They take it, that active just, ingredient and, yes. and nature, there's there's not nearly as many side effects. You can take yeah. your chances with almost every plant, obviously not every plant. There's some of them mm-hmm. that we shouldn't, but once you understand a little bit more and communicate with the plants, you start to recognize, you know, which ones you can and cannot ingest.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, in plant medicine too, you know, the, we are... In connection with plant medicine so 100 yeah and it talks to us too we communicate with us and when we ingest it it does what it's supposed to do and but so here a lot of people forget the old ways is just we did it like this why do you eat that why do you do that because first of all we took a lot of ancestors to figure out that you won't eat that plant <laughs> or you they did the trial and error yeah. for us <laughs> so yes. they, well well tony's gone <laughs> you know but regardless that's where we're kind of disconnected i believe that we don't we're not really connected to how much food is in our yard you know the dandelions you know all the different plants that grow. you know all all the things all the medicinal medicinal things that are are right in front of us and we totally just
1: well like people take it as weeds i love that you brought up dandelions because i advocate for those those are the most precious plants that everybody's got around them and they treat it like weeds and they get upset when it's on their lawn and when you let me just say that the more dandelions you have on your soil that means that it's trying so hard to neutralize the soils and the minerals mm-hmm. in the soil, which means it's doing what nature does and is trying to repair itself. So I'm that person that leaves the dandelions, leave them. I like them. I'm not going to put anything on them and spend yeah. my my great precious time just pulling those things out of my lawn. No. And I teach my son to pick them out. You can eat them. You can eat it from the root, the stem, the flowers, the leaves, all of it. It's all edible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. it's a very
1: powerful plant and most people if they looked around them in their backyard um, they won't even know most of the plants that are just in their backyard. That's got so many healing properties. Like I'm in Ottawa, Canada, and I'll go in my backyard and there's nettles and there's dandelions and there's burdock and all of these burdock, things mm-hmm. that if people understood the healing power, that as soon as you step outside, you're already on plant medicine, essentially.
0: Yeah. Basically. I mean, we're, we're, we're living on a big plant medicine, which is cool. And you know, the animals know the animals, know right. to eat. you know, they, they, they ingest that. And, you know, it's funny i want to tell you a little story real quick because i kind of went on a journey uh for self-realization connection uh i went on this fast for 40 days to have no meat to not ingest any meat just go strictly plant medicine of course you know i treated with a little bit of eggs and cheese and stuff but but i wanted to see what my body would do like what would, would happen because uh you know I'm, I'm a little bit heavy guy i'm a stocky short peruvian guy and so you know we have a tendency to get a little heavier if we're not careful what we eat and the beginning was really difficult. And then little by little, I could see, and then Easter came. I didn't want to eat any ham. I was looking at the table. I was like, I don't want that. This is me, you know, but I got really triggered by, you know, the documentaries I watched. I was researching, I was studying and, you know, it's just crazy to think, you know, how this industry, like not even the pharmaceutical, the the cattle industry, the fish industry, all these industries have so much control over this world and how they so corrupt it is and how it manipulates and how it feeds us.
1: Well, it's the food industry. It is like, I'm not against meat. I know a lot of people assume that I'm hundred percent plant-based. I'm not, I'm 80%, maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes 90% Mm -hmm. plant-based. But it's all in where you choose to get that meat. I only Mm -hmm. do local. I only, I'm very particular. And if I can't find it local and I make sure that it's not, you know, uh, well taken care of, then I just choose to not eat it. You know, but what you do find in the grocery stores, like you're talking about, where it's auctioned meat, and they're full of antibiotics, and they're this and they're that, and they're, you know, over medicating them and giving them steroids just to be able to get more milk or this yeah. and that, that's, that's inhumane, that's against it. And I'm totally with you on that one, because that's not something that you should be eating. If they're living in distress, and you're eating that meat, you're feeding that your body, that distress and the chemicals that that animal had to deal with 100%. And that's where I can understand why people definitely go vegan and plant based. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, I do think that it is in very, very minimal moderation that meat is important in a sense that there's some minerals in properly sourced meat. For example, like I have my hunting license. Mm-hmm. There's nothing hurting you from going and hunting your own meat if you do it properly mm-hmm. Um and making sure that there's certain minerals and vitamins that are in meat that is very hard to substitute in 100% plants. You can survive off of plants 100%, but mm-hmm. this is just my personal opinion is I'm about 80 to 90% plant-based.
0: And you've you made a really good point because I had this conversation with one of my friends this weekend about this, this, the distressed meat and the hormones and all the things. And, and then we wonder why human beings are distressed, have anxiety, have certain things. And, you know, you are what you eat. You know, that's that old saying. It is.
1: It's you sure. are what you yeah, 100%. Eat. And yeah.
0: so, and I didn't, you know, just living through life. Sometimes I didn't think about that. I'm going, that's a true statement. She said, I was like, that's very valid. You know, really never clicked until that moment when we were talking and having that conversation. And I was okay, just like, good.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to is, you know, is it a hundred percent bad? No, but it depends where you're getting it. I don't support it from the grocery store. I would never buy it from a grocery store. You don't know what's in it. You don't no. know what they're putting in and what you're putting in your body. You know, you have people that are like, oh, I, I don't believe in vaccines and this and that, whatever, but you're going to go and eat meat that's injected with all of those. And now you're feeding your body that it's very similar. Um, but it's all about where it comes from. And if you know where the farm is and how they treat your animals and how they're raised and how they're killed, essentially, like all of that plays an important, important role because it pretty much should be like an instant kill. They should not be traumatized. They should have a really, really great life. Um, But yeah, with that being said, I mean, it's totally up to someone. But a lot of people seem to get the image that I'm 100% plant-based and I'm not.
0: Yeah, I wasn't assuming. I was just curious. I was no, just no, I'm just story. more for
1: the audience, I guess. <laughs> sure, sure,
0: sure. But, um, you know, I was curious, though, maybe you have this answer. I I haven't really found it. I've been kind of looking for it. So now that we're in this uh, COVID-19 situation, are they injecting animals with the vaccine?
1: Good question. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, considering there were several times they came out with articles saying, you know, the animals might be carriers of Mm -hmm. the COVID. So I wouldn't be surprised that they're going to do that because apparently there's a lot of farms that are injecting the animals they're just probably going to throw them in as a, a regular one but for sure i have no idea
0: yeah I and was... i would
1: not trust it especially if there's like if you think about it if there's any type of a nanobot in this thing mm-hmm. and now they cut wow. that meat that nanobot's not going to just disappear and mm-hmm. that would ingest into your body now you've got that nanobots inside of you like that's the possibility so i wouldn't trust it
0: so tell tell me a little bit about these nanobots i've heard this but i haven't really quite grasped the the severity of it or what it does or what really happens when it goes into your body?
1: Um, well, I think like doctors carry Maday, day. Uh, there's a lot of doctors, Dr. Stephen Malthouse, Dr. Tenpenny, uh, Dr. Tapper. There's a lot of them that talk about this in particular. And essentially a nanobot is a very, very tiny nanoparticle mm-hmm. that recently I just shared a video on my Instagram. I'm not sure if you saw that about it actually being in the PCR test. Oh Um,
0: really? I didn't know. So
1: and and I always was questioning the PCR test. That's why I wouldn't go near it. But essentially, what they're saying, what Dr. Karmiday especially talked about really well, and I have a YouTube video on it. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, it's still on YouTube. But Mm -hmm. it talks about how it can just think about it as a very, 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 very tiny computer. It's a technology. Okay. And this technology can be attached to a cloud, and they say that it's you know, there's people that argue and say that it doesn't have that ability, doesn't have the ability to change your DNA, doesn't have your ability to change, you know, your genome or anything in your body. But okay, I'm going to listen to the experts that are being silenced. And I'm going to listen to the experts that aren't biased or paid for, not mainstream, you know, doctors, media doctors, I call them. These are doctors that have, you know, are are on the risk of losing their lives and their jobs just to speak the truth and doing God's work. Um, but they talk that that it is absolutely has the ability to change your your DNA. And that means that if you're connected to something like this, well then who's to say that whatever is controlling this, you know, form of a technology, who's to say what they can be communicating to that that's communicating it to your body? And Dr. Kamade even went to the extent of saying that essentially, if you have this nanotechnology inside of you, well, now you're technically patentable because you're no longer 100% human. Now you could be, you know, to some extreme level, borderline robot, which they can control you, which means it's patentable. So there's like a whole array. I know it's a little bit overwhelming. It's overwhelming, but essentially, a nanobot is a very, very tiny piece of technology that they say is going into your body to get your body to create the proteins that it needs to be able to fight this virus. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but then what? Do you just think it disappears out of the body? Hmm. So that's where the biggest concern is, is: is what is in this nano, you know, particle and what could it do to the body?
0: Yeah, it almost sounds like science fiction, doesn't it? It's like yeah, yeah.
1: I mean even Rocco Galati was doing a, a live one time with Sasha Stone. And I mean, I, I always take everything with a grain of salt. I don't watch it and, you know, say it's a hundred percent because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their opinions, but at least the more you watch, the more you kind of gather your own conclusions. But they specifically talked how these can have the ability to even like remove your empathy, really? you know, your compassion and your empathy. So, you know, given this, you're eventually going to have, zombies and not zombies and what you see and like things like call of duty or walking dead right, and right. things like that okay. but zombies in a sense that they're going to be they're going to seem soulless they're going to seem like they're losing empathy and they don't have the same care for people and to be honest with you i mm-hmm. think we're already seeing that If you look, just just say the PCR test did have it. One of my good, good girlfriends, she's actually a co-founder of the Freedom Organization with me. She just did a video that I shared on my Instagram um, that she took home two PCR tests. And she tore it apart. She scraped the end of the test off and put it on a bowl and tried to figure out what's going on. You could see the little tiny lights light up and just it, it, very, very tiny. It's obviously like they're looking at it like they're, they're um, it's magnified in to be able to see these. Cause you wouldn't be able to see it with just the eye. And at first she thought it was a reflection and just to make sure they shut off the lights and sure enough, it looked like it was little fireflies. Wow. And where would that, if, if it's just a swab, if it's just a swab, why would that be in there? Why yeah. would you need that in there? And so let's just say this is a nanoparticle because why else would it light if it didn't have some kind of an electric field in there, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. Um, Well, then let's just say that this is a nanoparticle. People are worried about it being in the vaccines, but there's a chance that it's actually in the PCR tests. Well, let's just say it is isn't the PCR test. That might explain why people are becoming so much less empathetic with other people now as the testing keeps ramping up and ramping up. Because I see it more than ever as someone who, you know, shops without a mask and, you know, says that I will not get the vaccine. I say no and things like that. They become more aggressive. They're not empathetic. They say, Mm -hmm. oh, you're selfish or this or that. But they seem to be forgetting Well, what about all the people that could be dying from some of these measures? How come you don't care about them? And I find that they've become so less in touch with their human nature. And over time and more tests and all of this happening is probably gonna diminish their, their natural instincts and that human function deep inside of their souls because of these increased nanoparticles inside of them.
0: That's interesting you say that because I remember years ago when my son was in school, like it was his first grade and the teacher came to us and said uh i want to talk to you about your son and you know basically it was about putting him on add medicine so that's the that's like the first uh interaction of zombieism that i that i i encountered with my own personal family and i told my wife i said no nah, you know we can't do this and she agreed with me and we put him on holistic based type uh you know different type of stuff to help him and, and it helped him and he was very grateful he told us later on in life he says, i'm glad that you took me off that stuff because you know, we had a kid who was and working, but we didn't have our kid. You know, it was just, it was another person.
1: Good for you, Iggy, because I was, I was that ADD child. They wanted to put me on medication. My mom refused. Thankfully she refused um, because now exactly like you said, now that I'm older, I'm thankful that she refused it. Um, mm-hmm. Because now as an adult, I know I seem very calm and things like that in my videos, mm-hmm. but I'm a very hyper person in a sense that <laughs> I, I multitask and I have to do so many things at once. And that's how I, that's how I function. Mm -hmm. I'm a highly functional person in that sense, but it works for me. I usually have two, sometimes three laptops that I'm working between, you know, in a day and just working on different things. And while I'm waiting for this to load, I'm turning over and things like that. But just because I'm not able to sit down in a classroom for hours a day without wanting to do something does not make you ADD. It just means that you, that's the type of personality you are. We don't all have the same personalities. And now as an adult, I see how that works for me. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy that you chose to not go that route. And I'm hoping that there's a lot more parents that recognize that your child not being able to sit down for hours a day without being all fidgety and want to get up is a normal child. There's nothing wrong with them, but the school system, you know, wants you to be medicated because the school system is run by the same broken system as the pharma industry. It's all operated by the same people, which is why they need licenses and things like that. Because anything that has a governing party like that, that governing party is being controlled. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and, and they make you believe that there's something wrong with your child. Here's a medication. You need a medication for that. And then they they make them like zombies. That's what it turns them into. They just sit there and they kind of lose themselves because they're on a medication. That's almost sedating them while they're still awake.
0: Right. And you know, it's uh, conformity. They want them to conform to be like everybody else. And the, the teacher's conforming. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's like, so we, 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 we cut that out. So, so, you know, now we're kind of going into this new realm where there's a lot of conformity going on. Yeah. And, and for those of you who uh, are listening and watching, we're going to get into some deep topics here and you can choose to listen or not listen, but it's very important that we have different perspectives and different views on how p- other people see the world and not just yourself or myself, because it's very important. We're in a pandemic situation. We have all these things that are happening right now. We have masks. We have people want the vaccine and stuff. Uh, the comply you have to comply and stuff here in Ohio where I'm, where I live in Ohio you have to wear a mask when you go into public places, uh, not necessarily as outside, unless you choose to, everything's just choice. Now it's, they make you feel like it's choice. Let's put it right. this way. And for the whole year, I was also fearful. I'll be honest. I'll be one of those first people to say I was afraid because I wasn't sure. You don't know what's going on. You trust what's going on. But jokingly I would tell everybody we're all going to die. It doesn't matter. So it's like, why are you guys giving into all this? And I was one of those people. And then I would get shut down and banged up and people would write me. Then it stopped because you have to, I hate to say it, but not necessarily pick a side, but you have to stand firm in what you believe. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so I'm going to ask you what you believe to what you see, how you perceive the world, how you see things happening.
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is if there was a real pandemic and a real plague. I don't think there would be a debate. It would be obvious. And there's a lot of people that still say, "Well, you don't see the medical system, and you don't see it's overrate, uh, like you know, overridden and things like that, or overwhelmed." Um, but as someone like myself, who's got a decent following of people who are trying to share their stories with me, mm-hmm. that's what kept me grounded and knowing that I was doing something right by believing that there's something way beyond this pandemic is because of people's real stories. Um, You know, I heard about way too many suicides or people saying that their kids, you know, as young as seven and eight don't have a purpose to live anymore and things like that. And that's what fuels me. I don't care whether or not there's a virus. Mm -hmm. Do I think that there's a virus? Maybe. Do I think that it's killing more people than the flu did? I don't. And the reason why I say that is because another video that I also shared is this was an experiment that was run. And I, I, I question all of the audience call your local funeral homes call at least five of them and ask them in 2020 did you have an influx of deaths and funerals in comparison to the prior year or is it relatively in line and see what they say because when that experiment was done every single one of them said in line there was no influx of deaths well how is that possible and then they obviously use the argument that lockdowns and things like that worked okay but if it did then why are we, for example, here in Ottawa and in Ontario, why are we going into a third lockdown if it worked the first time? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. However, you've got deaths from suicide and overdoses skyrocketing. And this is where I come in the sense that where's that empathy and compassion is because even if the hospitals were overwhelmed, where is the compassion for those that are actually losing their livelihoods and committing suicide and domestic abuse and you know drug overdoses and all of these things, when their livelihoods are being taken away from them. Is it fair to go and protect a certain vulnerable population from a virus while you've got a perfectly healthy generation of people that are now facing a whole other you know, depth of death because of these measures? Why is one more important than the other? Mm -hmm. And that's what I always say. And it's not about arguing who's right or what's wrong. That's what I look at. And I have people that share their stories all the time. I have a pharmacist even that messaged me one time and saying like, thank you for your message. I've never prescribed so many antidepressants in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and these are the things that we have to pay attention to is because it might seem okay now, but what's going to happen to the future generation of us and our kids. Are we even going to have grandkids at the way that this is going to teach kids, you know, to wear a mask and things like that. Um, where you had someone like Dr. Fauci, who's not even to me, a doctor, um, is is saying at the very beginning saying that masks won't do anything but then this is based on like 15 to 20 years of studies Mm -hmm. and doctor the scientist Denis Rancourt talked about it but then shortly after based on who knows what who told him what started to say no we need to wear a mask and then we need to wear more than one mask and everyone is following without asking questions and that's the problem is no one is asking questions anymore they're following blindly and what I'm saying, you don't have to take a hundred percent or what Iggy's saying, you don't have to take hundred percent or what anyone is saying, you don't have to take hundred percent, but ask questions and come to your own conclusion mm-hmm. and look at some of the doctors and the scientists that are in the experts. And I did an interview with Knut Witkowski who's like a top epidemiologist who talks about how the way they're trying to stop the virus is actually more dangerous than just letting it run its course for real herd immunity. Mm-hmm. So, These measures are gonna have far worse detrimental effects than any virus would have. They're allowing it to mutate if there is a virus, Mm -hmm. they're allowing it to mutate so that it becomes more dangerous, which is, what, is that part of the agenda? I don't know. But the point is, is this is not a regular pandemic funeral homes are not overwhelmed. They did not have any more influx of deaths compared to the prior year. And here in Ontario, for example, we went into a third lockdown and they say that our top doctor is recommending to going into another stay at home order because of 421 uh, people in ICU. Now, let me just say this, there's 421 people in ICU with COVID Mm -hmm. And this is in the province of Ontario and there's 384 hospitals. You do the math. That's Mm -hmm. less than one and a half person per hospital. Mm -hmm. That's not a pandemic.
0: Right. And
1: so when you think about that, and I always question, you know, oh, the government cares about our health. Okay. So if they did, how come they haven't, you know, mandated diet or exercise? Why don't they mandate that? Why don't they you know, eliminate things like alcohol or smoking cigarettes and things like that? And then a lot of the people will answer, oh, because it's your choice. You don't choose to get the virus. Well, let me just tell you that you can choose to have a weaker immune system which could make you more susceptible to the virus, so should that not that be mandated? Mm. Because I can tell you, for someone like myself who chooses to live a healthier lifestyle, I'm not scared of a virus. Even if I caught it, I'd know I'd overcome it. And kind of to what you said, if for whatever reason I succumb to a virus, well, it's my time to go because each of every single one of us are going to go at some point. But. The measures cannot be worse than the disease itself. And that's the part that I fight so hard against, you know, in saying that. And then also when it comes to the injections and these vaccines, I'm sorry, this is nothing that's been studied for long-term. You don't come up with something in less than a year and say, here you go, take it. We don't know what the long-term effects are, but just, you know, go ahead and be our guinea pig and we'll see how that works out for you, right? Cigarettes were once upon a time advertised by doctors. And people fell for that. And then they shortly figured out that, oh, no, it causes cancer. We got to remove that. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the same thing. Look, there's already an article in um, in Canada Health. Canada Health shared an article about the graphene's toxic chemical that has been in the, um, the those blue masks, the disposable masks. The, uh, oh, yeah.
0: Yes. I know what you're talking about.
1: Um, I don't remember what kind of masks they are, but um, that they're, they're in them now. And there's toxic chemical, hundreds of thousands of them. What?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. you mean to
1: tell me hundreds of thousands of kids and people have been wearing masks with toxic chemicals in them that they, and they say that it could vary the effects and they don't know how big or bad so Where there's a risk, there has to be a choice. And that includes a vaccine. Don't mandate anything on us. If you want to get it, by all means, go ahead. But I feel bad because you're choosing to be a guinea pig. And because I'm an empathetic and compassionate person, I don't want to see you go through that. I don't want to see family members go through that because they're choosing to not do research themselves and blindly trusting people to tell them what to think or do.
0: Mm -hmm. And the research is kind of like, it's not a cure. And I think a lot of people going in with it well, I'm here because I, I do drum circles here. And then I've had a lot of people say, oh, I had the vaccine and they're all on top of you. <laughs> and I'm like, you it's know. It's like a
1: placebo. They think that they figured it all out. But what's ironic is they you go and you see, okay, so someone with a vaccine still has to wear a mask and still has to social distance and still has to do all these things. Oh yeah, because it's we need herd immunity. We need everybody vaccinated for it to work.
0: That's, that's not, not uh, how herd immunity no.
1: works. and And it's just, it's very unfortunate to see that They've done, and I say this, they've done a really good job of, you know, indoctrinating people through textbooks and through TV and radio and low frequency music and things like that to really dumb them down. And I feel bad saying that, but essentially it's dumbing them down to a point that they can no longer think for themselves. They can't critically think. They don't even, because if I see someone and I ask them a couple of questions, it's like, they go, huh, I didn't think about that. And I was like, how do you not think about just asking some questions to yourself? Like yeah there's some people that are like, oh, I'd rather, you know, get a side effect from the vaccine than die of the virus. That's how much they've convinced you. Most people don't even know that they have the virus. That's where they made up this term asymptomatic.
0: Yes. That's but yet a big word.
1: you say asymptomatic people are having severe reactions from the virus. I'll take my chances with the virus. And even then, like I said, where there's a risk, there has to be a choice. So you have to be able to make your own choice and respect that and not become What's happening is I find people are becoming very upset at the fact that others have not fallen into the fear that they've fallen into. And they don't understand how people are not falling into the fear. And what I don't understand is how after over a year, you still don't start to ask some questions about what's happening. Once again, if there was a true pandemic and a true plague, there would be no debate. It would be obvious. Right. you wouldn't have to hear from the news saying cases 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 it'd be very obvious and you'd see deaths happening you'd be talking to people regularly to be hearing about the COVID deaths that are happening
0: yeah i had my uncle passed away from COVID and but he had other elements too that help didn't help him along the path and but the, the interesting thing is uh, i have another teacher who told me he goes the reason he wears masks is because during the civil war they were having a lot of deaths because of the germs and stuff and they we're cutting off people's legs and they started putting masks around their faces, which is a whole different scenario, of course. And uh, I found that really interesting. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense too. But then I hear Bill Nye trying to explain, you know, how, the you know what I'm talking about. The little bubbles, the little particles going in there. And it's kind of.
1: Well, it's funny because I did an interview, uh, same thing as on my YouTube channel by a scientist, Denis Ranked and And he's not just any scientist. He was the professor of physics. He's got a background in all types of science, you know, as well. So it's not just a lot Mm -hmm. of people will say, oh, but he's a professor of physics. Well, that's just what he taught, Mm -hmm. but it's not what he was just educated in. And he was, he's a scientific researcher, but he is such a well-versed scientific researcher. He's had over 40 published articles and very well-known articles, maybe even more. Um, But the point is, is he was such a well-read scientific researcher that he used to teach the students at the graduate levels how to properly read scientific data hmm. so when you have a scientist in this realm who's telling you this is weird because this is what the data shows but they're not telling you that well it's going to make you question sure. and these are the scientists that i'm saying just open up to it don't just say no it's against my narrative and i don't want to look into it just look into it ask these questions because i can't tell you iggy And it makes me so proud how many people have messaged me to say, I thought you were crazy at first, (laughs) but you did make me start to ask questions. And when I started to look for those answers myself, now I understand what you're talking about. And you just have to go in with an open mind. No one, you think we want to be in this civil war of, you know, maskers, anti-maskers, vaxxers, anti-vaxxers. None of us want to, we all just want to get back to living a life. Yeah. But let me tell you, It's a lot easier to sit there and follow the rules and do everything that they're telling you to do and much, much harder to do something like we're doing or especially Mm -hmm. like myself, who's very publicly speaking about how I feel because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hate and backlash that comes with it but that's fine. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it to try to wake up that one or two or three people that have messaged me and said, you made my mind start to ask some questions. And that's why I'm doing that is because I can go to sleep with a calm and peaceful mind, knowing that I'm just trying to help whatever people I can to recognize what's going on and to be able to actually make a real informed decision. If you look at both sides and you go ahead with your decision, that's an informed decision, whatever decision you go with. Right. but do not let someone tell you what the facts are when you haven't looked at any of the facts or the research
0: yourself. And peer pressure is huge right now. I've run into people who've had situations where peer pressure is forced them to take the vaccine and they've had adverse uh, reactions to it, knowing better that they shouldn't have taken it.
1: And that's that's only now. Like yeah. Dr. Tenpenny talks a lot about how, uh, there's multiple doctors actually, even, even uh, Dolores Cahill, PhD, but um, they talk about how it's not just short term. It's the next six to 12 months when your body comes in contact with the wild virus and your body goes into a cytokine storm and shuts down because it goes into an overdrive attacking itself. That's when it's going to kind of be scary. And that's my prediction is that's when the real pandemic is going to come out and they're Mm. going to start to blame it on the people that haven't gotten the vaccine, but it's actually not. It's the actual regular reaction that happened in all of the animal studies that they've done for a decade. And the bodies went into a cytokine storm a hundred percent of the animals in the animal testings bodies went into a cytokine storm that's going to be the real pandemic it has nothing to do with the vaccine or like people not getting the vaccine it has yeah. everything to do with the people that did get it
0: now in canada i noticed that they have some um i see you with your your uh, lanyard and your little certificate to not wear your mask now is that something that was uh people worked for and fought for
1: no this is just something that i actually created that's- <laughs> okay It's just the bylaw and a lot of people think of what is this all it is is it's the bylaw it states how I'm medical I have a mask exemption and it shows the human rights code exactly what it says in the human rights code with the telephone number and on the back of it is an exact printout of the the mask mandate bylaw that states that. You know, there's different reasons for the mask exemption and no proof is required. And this is the exact section, you know, subsection two, subsection one shows that no proof is required. These it's just the bylaw. So for me, most of the time I go shopping, I actually don't even take it. Mm -hmm. I just take it with me as a way to promote people that aren't a hundred percent comfortable and there's a lot of people that don't necessarily know the bylaw on the back of their hand the same way that i do so this kind sure. of empowers them to know that information and feel more you know inclined to use that when it goes to sh- when it comes to shopping anyone can make that wherever okay. you are you want to find your bylaw you want to find out the exact wording and you can create it into a little thing and i put it into a lanyard because a little looks a little bit more legit versus a piece of paper sure, flying sure. around mm-hmm. um and people love it. People don't have issues. People are messaging me all the time saying, I finally went shopping masks. And so it was a great experience. People were mm-hmm. nice to me, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some stores that might give you a harder time, but find the stores that don't give you a hard time. Cause there's a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Cause I know you've had guests on there where they've gone in and, and tried to go without a mask and people just freak out. It's just like, it's really, it's really scary to watch sometimes how people react. And well, <sighs>
1: A lot of the times so though, I, I questioned things like there was a recent video that people started to share to me, uh, you know, that they were arrested and stuff like that. And my first gut was, and it was in my city in Ottawa. And my first gut was something is off about this video because I've been shopping maskless for a year mm-hmm. and I've never had that happen. And sure enough, you know, upon digging, I found out that there was some things that were actually probably missing and taken out of context in that video Um, in a sense that, you know, apparently, so, so a good, my good friend actually called that exact location and asked about what happened. And the manager was like, no, we, we honor exemptions here that, couple was a little bit more aggressive and things like that there was mm-hmm. issues that happened beforehand so we asked them to leave when they wouldn't leave is when we called the cops and that's when they were you know being charged for trespassing it had nothing to just do with the mask exemption however it made yeah. it seem like that and it to me like it was it. upsetting because i'm trying to push people to get the confidence to go and shop maskless you don't go and you'd be disrespectful you go smile right. and you be nice and you shop like a regular person the way you normally would you don't go causing a, a problem if the store gives you a problem you can be firm and stating that you know your rights and things like that but if they continue to give you a problem record it file a Mm -hmm. human rights complaint you could do a small claims court Mm -hmm. but if not then sorry then just simply leave the store find somewhere else okay this happened at a Loblaws Loblaws doesn't give you a hard time actually just today just today I was at Metro and Metro on the intercom mentioned to wear a mask and to social distance and to keep in mind that mask exemptions apply. They set it on the intercom, right? So find the store that's okay with that and respects it and go and support them. But I can tell you, like I said, after a year of shopping maskless, they don't usually give you a hard time like that unless you're specifically going into a store that doesn't respect it, such as Costco.
0: Right. I've noticed here in Columbus how, um, especially outside, people are not wearing their masks like they used to. It's, there's a big shift happening here. In Ohio, that I'm noticing.
1: There's a shift happening for sure.
0: Big, big, big shift. And I think just out of respect for others, people would just wear a mask, you know, when they go into a store. But when you're outside, you can kind of tell the people who really kind of are compliant, they just kind of wear it. I mean, that's me, I'm projecting here, but that's just my observation because they kind of walk away from you when you're not, when you're not, when you don't have your I mask. I see on. that. Yeah. And I see so that. then you see the other people who kind of, it almost, it's kind of getting kind of weird here for me. It's getting kind of weird. Cause I have some friends who got vaccinated and now they're in the vaccine club. Oh, we're in the club where, you know, it's like, just dude, be I'm careful
1: like... with that shedding. That's <laughs> the thing. That's what they talk about. Dr. Coleman just released a video on that talking about the shedding could be dangerous. Yeah. And I know they say that shedding only happens from the live virus, but in this case, it's very different. Cause your body's trying, you're telling your body to create, you know, a, a virus, an antibody type of thing for the virus that, It's like projected to happen, which we don't even know what that shedding could look like. So it's scary when you think about it. But then again, it's their choice. And, you know, just like we're going to make our choices. But when it comes to the mask, I do agree. There's a lot of like here. It's either two ways. Some people are becoming more lenient with the mask and Mm -hmm. don't want to wear it. While I see more and more people outside taking a walk, wearing it. Mm -hmm. Like people that are perfectly young and healthy wearing a mask while you're outside. And I cannot believe that they actually think that walking outside and breathing fresh air is more dangerous than wearing a mask. It's beyond me to think that, you know, they've been molded to such a point and brainwashed to such a point to actually think that breathing fresh air, the most important thing that we need to actually survive is dangerous. They actually start to think that the number one thing that's important for us, like people walking in a forest, I've gone to a forest and people walking with a mask. I'm like, you do realize that the trees are breathing out the oxygen that you need. And instead you're choosing to breathe in your own carbon dioxide. And these people don't recognize the long-term detrimental effects of this.
0: Yeah. I I can't wear them very long. Like when I, when my I can't, it's just like my body's just like freaking out. What are we
1: doing? That's the thing is your body knows it starts producing a lot more red blood cells than it should be, which long-term could cause sicknesses. I feel especially bad for the people that have to wear it at work all day. I can't
0: imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember in the old days when we were younger, we, we kind of hate to say a bit, make fun of people who would wear masks walking down the street. And then here we are (laughs) like 10 years, 20 years later. We have to wear them, so it's kind of interesting. I watched one of your interviews with uh, David Ike, which I thought was really fascinating. I, I love that guy. He's he's got a lot of he knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, but he doesn't believe. Maybe I'm misquoting him. Maybe maybe you can correct me. But it almost seemed like he doesn't believe that the virus even exists.
1: So this is how he explains it, and this is this is a concept that I can agree with. Um, and so here's the thing. There are no more deaths than there were the prior year without a, uh, without a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So is there a virus? I, I think that they probably relabeled flu as something else because all of a sudden here, for example, flu disappeared 98%. You know what I mean? But then there's Mm -hmm. still the same amount of deaths. What I do think that they did is they probably amplified the deaths, some deaths at a quicker rate. So essentially, mm-hmm. this is another thing. I'm going to get back to your question. Denny okay. Rancourt talks about all-cause mortality. And let's just say that every year it's like the cycle between the winter months and things like that. Well, what happened with COVID is it took a spike like this, but there was no more deaths. He was just saying that it's the measures of like lockdowns, because most of the deaths obviously happened in the elderly homes and things like that. hmm The lockdowns, the isolation, the fear and everything sped up deaths that would have normally happened over several months into like a month or two. So they sped up some of the deaths, which is actually criminal. Now, to answer your question about David Icke, what he talks about, and I completely agree with, is if there was a real pandemic and a virus, how would they control that? They can't. And the only way that they can control what they do with the virus is by manufacturing one that doesn't exist by pushing out media and propaganda on that Mm -hmm. and to get people to fear something that doesn't even exist and um that's how he explains it that there essentially is none but they will create one for example one that could be happening from the vaccine and all these things if there's no more influx of deaths from the funeral homes which is confirmed. And if there's no more deaths in a year, when you, which has been confirmed compared to the prior year without a pandemic, well, then is there a virus? And not just that, they still have not isolated it. They had, you know, like Sunnybrook Hospital and things like that, university, sorry, were saying that, oh yeah, it was isolated, but then they actually found out that when they really asked them for all the evidence on how they isolated it, they couldn't come up with it. So, yeah. you know, people... We'll go and say, yes, it has been isolated, but once again, using what's told to them versus researching it themselves to saying, no, it actually isn't. So what are you testing for if it hasn't been isolated? Because coronavirus, there's so many different variations of it. You know, mm-hmm. I could have had a common cold that's going to be a variation of the coronavirus, which means it's a test you could go ahead and pick up any genetic material. It doesn't actually pick up whether or not you have it actively right now or whatever it is. Um, but that's it. So he says that the virus does not exist because if it did exist, how would you be able to control it? Um, and to an extent, I think he's right.
0: Yeah. Now plant medicines can counteract some of the virus uh, effects and stuff if taken. 100%. In right. yeah. yeah,
1: for sure. Well, First, I'd recommend immunity boosting ones, right? Hibiscus, rosehip, echinacea. Um, there's so many ones like that. And this is where the feed freezes. And this is where Big Pharma doesn't want you
0: to listen. So Tanya, if you can hear me, you're frozen as soon as we went right into the herbal medicines and things that could help people get better. So when she pops back in, we'll let her continue that part of the story. But I hope you're enjoying the show. Just trying to get a different perspective, a different view on how things are and how people are experiencing this and how other people are trying to help other ones just kind of see things differently and to feel the things differently. So it's interesting to see what just happened. That wasn't planned by any means. That is just something that played out. Um, Maybe someone recorded, reported us to Facebook or whatever, but regardless. Oh, here she comes. She's coming back. You're back. So sorry. Man, I don't know, I have to it, no, to as soon as you started, she was talking see, they about. They probably booted me off the call. That's I'm exactly what you. I was telling my listeners. I was like, as soon as you start talking about the good stuff, they could help us that's in a natural happens. way. That's what happens.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Um, You're talking
0: about hibiscus and the different things that you can take. Yes.
1: So when it comes to actually catching the virus, for example, things like mullet leaf is really great for releasing the mucus, um, you know, buildup in your chest. Um, things like Ella is amazing. Mm-hmm. Astragalus, ashwagandha. These are all really good immune boosting, but can also help with, you know, uh, releasing mucus and and your your whole system really um marshmallow root marshmallow Mm -hmm. leaf like slippery elm which is great because it helps with the dry throat after you've coughed for so long it soothes the membranes um so you could take all these together and these are things that are more agreeable with the body and you can't overdose on it. You can take as much as you want. So I'll throw in hibiscus in like a cold season into all of my teas, uh, maybe echinacea as well. So if I want, and I, I, you can throw them all together if you want to, if I've got a cough or things like that, um, you know, for example, like I like my CBD and I like to smoke my CBD. Mm -hmm. If I've got a cough for whatever reason, well then, you know, I'll, I'll, drink some mullein and by the next day or two that Mm -hmm. cough is gone um there's a lot that you could do with plants and i actually talk about it in my medicinal herb guide for beginners where i try to simplify what the herbs are that you're getting um, and what the benefits are in 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 a term that's easy to understand so that's not overwhelming with all like you know the the political grammar on that and the scientific grammar behind it but just in a way that anybody can pick it up and read that and say okay these are some of the plants that i want to use everything from sleep to anxiety to immune boosting to lung and detox and all of that stuff
0: i know i burn a lot of white sage because it really helps me it's like really good it's great
1: i have i have a pound of sage for sure. I'll sometimes throw it in. I mean, there's obviously some things like sage, for example, I don't recommend for breastfeeding moms and things like that, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to worry about that.
0: No, I don't. (laughs) Not in this lifetime. (laughs) Maybe the next one, (laughs) but but let me ask you a question. Um, Taking the supplements with these things in it, is is it as effective or do you recommend the actual plant dried or however you,
1: it's better Um, to take than not? Well, here's the thing. Obviously, supplements can help, Mm -hmm. right? Um, If you can get it out of plants and food, it's ideal because your body absorbs it very differently. Okay. If you, that is the best ideal, you know, just supplementing, like having a poor diet, but then supplementing on, uh, you know, just taking supplements, your body doesn't absorb it the best. Um, So you want to try and get it out of food. Like for example, I, and I have it on my, my, Link in my bio as well, where I talk about Purium. You know, uh, I I buy that. It's a shake that I have every single morning, and I, there's one for kids. It's called Epigenius Kids. And it's, it's foods, it's organic foods. And like, you should see the ingredients. Cause you're like, it's like a meal replacement essentially, but it's got all of the organic foods into a shake. And all you have to do is add water and you could see all the vitamins and minerals that are in it. So your body absorbs it differently because it's food. It's naturally mm-hmm. able to absorb it differently. Um, if for whatever reason, you can't always supplement in the food form, you know, taking something like vitamin D in liquid form is crucial. The capsules are not nearly as effective as the liquid form. And then you also want to make sure that you're taking your vitamin K because it helps you absorb that vitamin D, but not just that magnesium. But magnesium topically is more effective and absorbs much better through the skin than it does. Same thing in a capsule, which magnesium helps your body absorb the vitamin D. Um, Vitamin C, same thing. You can get it in so many foods. You know what I mean? Um, Calcium, same thing. Calcium, you've got things like broccoli. There's so many foods with high calcium made more than any dairy products and stuff like that. True, right. True. Um, there are some supplements that you could take ideally in liquid form. Um, but if you can get it out of foods and plants, that's ideal. You know, something like dandelion is so high in so many vitamins, vitamins, AK and things like that. Just think about it this way, even mushrooms, mm-hmm. if it's sitting in the sun, that photosynthesis is, is absorbing so much vitamin D and then you're eating that. Yes. So all of the vitamin D that these plants and these mushrooms that are collecting and you eat that you're absorbing all of those benefits. You can even put mushrooms on your window pane and let it sit in the sun and absorb the vitamin D and eat that. And you're going to get more vitamin D that way too.
0: That's pretty cool. Just made me hungry.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you, um, Took time to be here on the show with me tonight. Having me. And, you know, it's, I've kind of watched you from afar, just kind of following your posts on Instagram. And I guess was really curious. And uh, I said, I'm going to take a chance and ask her if she want to be on. So that was a very big blessing. And I, I told her, yeah, I want to be interviewing this person. Because <laughs> I got excited because I like to see the other perspective, the other side because sometimes I try to...
1: Asking those questions, and I appreciate that, Iggy, is is people have to recognize you don't have to agree 100% to try and hear someone's perspective. You know, we can have differing opinions, but just taking everything with a grain of salt, right? You don't read a, one book and say, that's it, I'm running with everything that was said in this book. You take some things that you really digest, mm-hmm. you listen to the speech, and you take things that you really digest, and this is how people create their own conclusions. And that's why it's important to get these different perspectives, to talk to different people, to ask different questions, um, and and you know, find that out because that's the only way that we're all going to work, learn to work together. And not everybody has the same beliefs and we shouldn't. That's what makes the world a beautiful, unique place. But it's about respecting that and understanding their perspective based on doing some research yourself. For me, like example, you know, I understand if someone you know, has a certain spiritual belief or things like that. I don't have to 100% believe in it, but I completely understand it. And I respect your decision the same way I expect you to respect mine. And that's really what we're seeing now with this COVID world, especially, is it's either you're on this side or you're that side, or you're against us or you're not. And that's the problem that I think that the media propaganda is is putting on people is because it's not about that. We are humans. We all have the same blood. We all have the same size grave. We all have the same creator, whatever you believe Mm -hmm. that create, whoever you believe that creator is. And that's what we need to remember. Um, And and it's, it's an important one. So I appreciate you, you know, asking these questions and looking into it is because like you said, you started off in fear and as time is going on, you're opening up to asking these questions and that's important. It's important for people to recognize that, you know, I was scared at the beginning, but for me, it was for the first two weeks. And after the first two weeks, I was like, there's something more than this, what's going on here. And I started to ask questions. And the more you ask questions, the more, like I said, you create your own conclusions. And then you, you understand people a lot more when you ask these questions and you find, you know, different perspectives.
0: Absolutely. So I have to say, that's probably your closing statement there. I like it. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being on. You're most welcome. welcome. I hope you come back again and for sure, let me us. know. Especially when we move on down the line, when we get into a better space as a as a whole collective, as a whole planet.
1: Sounds good. Thank you. So thank you. Take Have care. Good
0: night. Bye. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, Tanya was with us tonight, sharing her story, sharing her medicine with us. And I think that's important. I think it's important to share where you're at, what you're feeling, what you're seeing. And I'm glad that I did interview her because it gives me a different view of what she's doing. You know, she, she's talking about helping those who are sometimes lost Mm -hmm. in the shuffle of all this uh, chaos. So, and you know, there's people asking her questions because she's also a leader in her community as many of us are. And, you know, they need answers. They need questions. It's too easy to go along on the boat and, just do what everybody else does and think that's okay. No, that's not okay for everybody. It's kind of like the story of the three people on the ship yourself, a man, and a child. Who do you save with the sinking boat? And the question most logically would be we save the child, right? Maybe the other person. So why don't we save ourselves? Why wasn't the answer you? Why won't you save yourself? Because we live in a martyr, type society. Where being the martyr is so valued, so you're you're almost praised, almost almost like angelic uh, Jesus type, like you know, where you, because you were the martyr. Oh, he's so good. No, sometimes you have to think about you, think about what's important for you, what you need in order to succeed, in order to survive. This is about living, surviving, and helping others along the way. Now that's a fictitious story, right? It doesn't really exist this boat sinking but it can feel like that for some people sometimes that this ship is sinking who do i say who do i listen to where do i get my information from this guy says this guy's lying this guy says that this is misinformation this guy says he's a fraud this guy says you're inundated so you have to believe that your mind is going through a process right now trying to figure out what the hell to do what should i do what can i do should i take the vaccine not take the vaccine and like i told you i'm not here to tell you what to do you have to make that decision for yourself. All I can do is present you ideas and, and present you with guests who just see the world differently. That's all. If you get angry and triggered by what you heard today and what you saw, that's on you. That's not on me because I believe what I believe. If you don't agree with what I believe in, that's okay. It doesn't mean we have to be enemies. It doesn't mean we have to hate each other. It doesn't mean that we have to go down this road that's unproductive, that's uh, not good for the world, not good for us. The point is this, you have to do the research. You have to do what you think is best for you. Remember, this is your host. This is your body. This is your spirit. This is your soul. It doesn't belong to the government. It doesn't belong to your wife. It doesn't belong to your significant other. It doesn't belong to your children. It belongs to you. And if you want it to be happy, you must do what centers you, what puts you in that Tao, what puts you in that yin and yang, what puts you in the, It's good to be here. What puts you in what is above is below. That has, that's where you have to find the magic. What is good for Iggy Garcia or for this person or that person for me to tell you what to do and to tell you, this is the way it is. Would be an injustice to you. It would be wrong of me because now I'm projecting onto you, my belief systems and my thoughts and my emotions, my feelings, my, my my collective thoughts of how I see the world. There are enough people telling you how the world is and how it should be or how you should vote and how you should sleep or how you should not go down this street or go up this street, or you should wear your seatbelt not wear your seatbelt. There's enough of that right now. Now we understand that some things will help us. Some things will put us in a place where we're a lot safer. This pandemic, this uh, COVID-19, this uh, coronavirus, which we don't call it coronavirus anymore because we went to the COVID name. Is it real? Yeah, it's real. How real is it? It's as real as you want to make it. It's as real as you put it in here and in here and however, whatever you're feeding into. Can it kill you? It could kill all of us in a single bound if it wanted to. Can, it, can some of us survive? Possibly. But here's the point. We all will die one day. One day we will return back to the earth and become the dust. Yes. The acceleration of that? No. There are many of you who could walk out the door and something can happen to you. You could die of a heart attack. You can get by a car, you know? You could just die. Don't live in the fear. Like this is what I'm trying to tell you. Don't be fearful. Just be cautious and just be understanding that, you know, there are potentials and there are things that can happen to you. There are things that can manifest and work themselves in a certain situation. You know, there's a lot of things that affect our body, not just COVID. Our diets affect our body. What we drink affects our body. What we smoke affects our body. The people around us affect our body. affect our mental mind all right so whatever you do just know that we are very sensitive and very gentle and very fragile creatures we are is as strong as we want to be or believe how strong we are we as human beings we are very fragile and the only reason we ask questions is because we not we don't know and we ask questions because we don't want to get it wrong because we don't want to be the person who caused the problem. We don't want to be that person who ends up being hurt or become ill because we want to be informed. But you can only be informed so much. At some point, your mind process will decide what I need to do, where I need to be. How am I going to go? Where am I going to go with this? And when that moment comes, just try to understand that that's the best decision you can make for yourself in that moment. That's the best place you could be right now. It doesn't mean that you're right or wrong. It just is. The only thing that I'm going to say is honor that other people may not, agree, may not agree with you and may not be on board with you on what you want, what your decision is. Regardless if you take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, honor that people are where they need to be in that moment. It doesn't mean that they may change their mind later. It doesn't mean that the maybe later things turn out better. We don't know, but to hurt one another because we believe something to be a certain way, that's not good for us. As a collective, as a whole, as, as a world, as a country, as a, as a species of people. We have enough hate and anger in the world. We have enough war. We have enough starving people in the world that we can't worry about these things sometimes. We have to figure out ways to help each other versus trying to damn each other and punish each other for the, the ideas that we have. There are rich countries in this world that could feed all the people who are starving in the world. There are rich countries in the world can can bring fresh, clean water to lands that have no water. Our job is to teach these people how to fish, how to dig wells, how to garden, how to grow, how to create perma and permanent sustainable foundations for their lives, which has not happened. And that's why we see the destruction That's why we see the separation in this world because we've gotten away from being connected with mother earth. We've gotten disconnected with what it means to touch and eat something that grows in your ground. We are so processed in our, our ways of living. We go to the store, we shop, we buy meat, we cook it, we make it. We have no idea. We could probably care less. We're just hungry. and We're going to eat it. But you know, the conversations that I've had with friends this weekend is very simple Whatever you connect with, whatever you eat, whatever you ingest, it becomes part of you. It becomes a piece of you. It is inside of you. Whatever they ingested, you are ingesting. So be careful what you do with your body. Protect it. Honor it. You know, honor this, this sacred temple of what who we are. Because without honoring this temple, then it's hard to honor the spirit inside of us because it's hard to house something inside something that's broken down yes our journey is one day that we will return to the earth but why not have a beautiful journey when we get to that destination our final breath that we take our final breath because one day we will all take our final breath and when we take our final breath we don't want to have doubt or have remorse that we didn't live our lives the way we wanted to or should have lived them so hopefully that tonight you are. Happy where you're at in this present moment. It can be better if it's not. Trust and believe that whatever decision you make, you just made that decision. That's it. So I hope you enjoyed our show tonight. I know it's a little different from the norm that we usually do, but it wasn't that bad, was it? It wasn't that painful. We didn't get into controversy. We just spoke. We had a conversation and we shared. And so for those of you who enjoyed it, thank you. And for those of you who are not sure, well, thank you. And those of you who disconnected from it, thank you as well. It means nothing. It just means that you just are where you need to be. And I respect that and honor of that. So I wanted to share with you that Serenity Salt Spa will be having its open house on Friday and Saturday. Four to seven on Friday. I hope you can come. And then from 10 to one on Saturday. What is the Serenity Salt Spall? Well, you'll have to come check it out. It's a place where you come inside and you sit, and you take air aerosol salt into your body, onto your skin, into your nasal cavities, into your lungs, and it helps, and it helps cleanse you, clean you, and prepare you, and helps you to better yourself. These are things that we have to look into, things that will help our spirit, help our our temple. So I hope you come and support Sherry and I in this new adventure that we are in together uh, this coming weekend, because. We're excited and we're looking forward to see you. And with that, I want to say thank you for joining me tonight here on Iggy Garcia Live. It's good to be here. Take care of yourselves. What is above is below. Irisiki, giving gratitude and thanks. And with that, I say aho, be well. Take care. And I will see you guys soon.